This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to ABC this morning. If it's your first time here at church, we give you a warm welcome if you're listening online. Um, It's great to see you. Please hang around with us in the atrium after, if you didn't hear, because some people are giving up caffeine for Lent. That's a big one. Who's giving up wine for Lent? Who's giving up chocolate for Lent? Is this ever giving up chocolate? Mm. The first time, the very first time that Mark Sanborn met Fred was just after he had moved into his new house in the beautiful tree-lined area of Denver called Washington Park. The house had been built around 1928, and as a first-time homeowner, he was delighted to move into this nice new house. And he'd only been living there for a few days when he heard a knock on the front door. He opened it and saw his postman standing there. White shirt, short guy, moustache, and spectacles. Good morning, Mr. Sanborn, he explained cheerfully. My name is Fred, and I'm your postman. I just popped by right now to introduce myself to you and welcome you to the neighbourhood and find out a little about you, what you do for a living, etc., etc. Mark was taken aback. Like, he'd been receiving mail for most of his life already, but this is the first time he'd had a postman knock on his door and ask him about himself and give him the introduction that he did. But he impressed him. He thought it was a nice touch. And Mark Sanborn today is the author of a fantastic little book called The Fred Factor. And you can download it online, get it on your Kindle. I Can I encourage all of you, as we go into Lent and as we're talking about acts of kindness and as we're talking about the things that we're going to be talking about from God's Word today, can I encourage if you want to, it'll take you about an hour to read the book. It's a lovely little booklet written by Mark called The Fred Factor. Mark replied to the postman and he said, I'm a professional business speaker. I don't really have a real job. I just travel the world speaking to different audiences about business subjects. Well, if you're a professional speaker, said Fred, you must travel a lot. Yes, he said. I travel from 160 to 200 days a year. I'm away from home. Nodding to his answers, Fred went on. Well, if you let me have a copy of your schedule, Mark, what I'll do is I'll hold all your mail for you I'll bundle it up, and then when you're back from your business trip, I'll bring all the mail to you and deliver it to you in one go at the house. Like, Mark thinks this is amazing, and he turns around to Fred and says, Look, Fred, this is really kind of you to kind of hold the mail, it's not, but it's, it's not really necessary. You know, just do like a regular postman does and just drop the mail off like everybody else does. But Fred said to him, Look, Mark, you're in Washington Park. This is like a nice area of town. There's loads of burglars around here. And see, what will happen is what burglars do is they wait for your mail to build up in the mailbox. And if you're going to be away on all these business trips, what's going to happen is they will know you're away because the mail is building up in your mailbox. So I think the best thing to do is go with my plan 
And if you go with my plan, I'll hold the mail, and when you're back from your business trip, um, I'll deliver the mail. Is that okay? That's okay, he says. At this point, Mark begins to wonder, what on earth is going on with this postman? I mean, he puts a stamp on everything in a regular way, but why is this postman doing things in the way that he does? Sure enough, two weeks later, Mark returns from his business trip. He puts the key in the front door, and as he puts his key in the front door, he notices that his doormat in the porch has gone. He looks around saying, who's stolen my doormat? He's trying to work out what's going on. And what had happened was this. While he was gone, UPS, a competitor parcel delivery company, had delivered a parcel that had Mark Sanborn's name on it five doors down at the wrong house. But lucky for Mark, Fred had spotted the parcel that was in somebody else's porch, picked it up, marched it five doors up when he's doing his postal run and put it down in Mark's porch and put the mat over it to hide it. The reason he knew this is there was a note that was on top of the box from Fred explaining what had happened and that he'd put the mat there in order to try to make it less noticeable that the uh, UPS parcel was under his porch and going on to explain that if he'd taken a parcel that was meant for him back to the post office that had been delivered by UPS, he could have been accused of stealing. So that's why he put it in the porch. Mark couldn't believe it. I mean, this guy is now delivering the mail for another competitor parcel company. He just can't believe it. So can I ask, how many of you would like a postman like Fred? Can you stick your hands up? Yeah. And Fred, and being a Fred, if you read the book booklet, is the way that we as Christian believers are supposed to live. The Bible tells us that Jesus went around doing good. We're going to read that scripture from Acts chapter 10 in a moment. But today, as we look at the final message in our series together, Light Up the World, I want to share with you from scripture today as we've been looking at the light of the universe from our memory verse, which is God, as we've been looking at Jesus, who's the light that's come into the world and come into our hearts we are going to look at the last passage of Scripture that we're going to look at together, where we're going to talk about ourselves. Ourselves as not just a Fred, but a Martin, a Kathy, an Andrea, a Melissa, a Barry, a Geraint. Uh, whoever you are, we are here to be a light to the world and make a difference. How many of you know that? Come on then, let's turn to God's Word together. And I'm going to remind you how you're getting on with learning your memory verse, everyone. Anyone learnt it yet? Okay, can I just suggest to you, the whole, pro the whole reason we have a memory verse is that you put it to... Can you say that again? And do you know, if we learn Scripture and hide it in our hearts, Psalm 117 says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not. Can I encourage you? We do it as a church here once a year where we take a memory verse 
of the year and we hide it in our hearts. Can you hide it in your heart as I have chosen to do this year? Our memory verse is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 that says this, But God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the glory of God reflected in the face of Jesus Christ. So can I encourage you to learn that verse? And in that verse, as we talked together, when we looked at this on the 7th of January, first of all, when we were together, and then as we looked at it again, we see the word light three times in that memory verse. We see, first of all, the light of the universe, God who said, let light shine out of darkness. And then we saw the light of humanity, which is in Jesus Christ. And then lastly, what we're going to look at today, us, the light of the world. Turn with me to my text for today, which is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. Words are on screen if you want to follow with me. If you've got a phone, do that and look it up there, version Bible or Bible Gateway if you're looking at a version like that. Or if you've got your Bible with you, paper version with a leather cover, flick it open to Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16, where Jesus says this verse, this uh, phrase here, that's a section from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Why would you want to light a lamp and put it under a bowl? I mean, what crazy people would go and do that? We do not take a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, let your light, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven can i say that again that we don't hide our light but that we let it light up the world that we let it shine before others that they may see your good deeds can you say it with me see your good deeds last time see your good deeds and in so doing, glorify your Father who is in heaven. Come on, let's pray. Will you pray with me? Not a cheap prayer, but an expensive prayer that we're going to close our eyes right now. We're going to ask God by his divine power and Holy Spirit to just come into this moment as we turn to God's word. And we're going to pray together. Oh God, we love your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. As we turn to it right now, could you help us understand the words of Jesus afresh, that great sermon that he spoke on the mount? Lord, help us understand it afresh today, that we can apply it to our lives, that it will make a difference to us, it will make a different to, difference to others, 
And above all else, that it would make a difference to you as we are obedient and respond to your love in our hearts. God, bless us in our time together around your word, we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You see, Mark Sanborn is trying to encourage you and me to be like Fred. Do you want to be a Fred? You know, that's half right, isn't it? That's half right is that we are Freds and that we do good things. But can I encourage you, don't be like Fred this morning. Be like somebody even better. Can I ask you to be like Jesus? Because that's even better if we're like Jesus, isn't it? Remember those little bracelets? They were fashionable back in the 1990s and uh, maybe in the 2000s. I'm showing my age now. We used to have little bracelets on that people used to wear. I don't know where they came from. WWJD on them. Do you remember? Did any of you, hands up, those of you that owned a WWJD bracelet and put it on. Oh, there's one, two in the back there. Anyone, has anyone gone the extra mile and had like a WWJD tattoo put on yourself? No, nobody went that extreme. I know a friend, oh, did Barry put his hands up? No. Yeah. I know a few extreme people that have got like a WWJD tattoo on themselves. You know, what we need to have is not a WWJD bracelet. What we need to have is a BLJ heart. We need to have a be like Jesus heart. Because we don't need a bracelet to inform us about what would Jesus do. Because if we behave like Jesus, we are, we've got the answers to those questions. We don't need to think what would Jesus do. Because I've got a BLJ heart. Because I behave like Jesus. So today in our text together, as we look at this principle that Jesus is trying to teach us here, he's saying, look, you guys are the light of the world. You're supposed to shine bright. We're supposed to be on a stand that shines the light everywhere in this room. And here I am here in the platform with this light. How many of you wish I'd just turn this light right off right now? Because as I'm speaking to you right now, it's glaring in your face, isn't it? You can't see because the light is so bright. and so It's much, much kinder if I actually put the light under the bowl and just hide it away. But that's nuts. Why would we pay for electricity? And why would we put power in this bulb if all we're going to do is put it under a bowl? And that's what so many people do when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. They live a life of religion instead of a life of the faith and the power of Jesus Christ shining out through their lives. What they do is they become Christians and they hide their light. One of the first things they do is say, well, you know, I don't want people to know that I'm a Christian. And, you know, I, I like, you know, like, yeah, I'm a Christian. If, if people ask me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them. But, um. I don't want the light to shine too much in case they think like I'm, I'm a bit weird. You know, I, can I tell you, I think most of you are weird anyway. I think most people in the world are weird. In fact, have you ever met one sensible person ever on the planet? You've only got to go on holiday with someone or you've only got to go and live with them. We're all weird! So if we just accept the, accept the fact that we're all weird and get on with it. But the thing is, what's empowering about ourselves as Christians is we are not in darkness. We're in the light. We're the ones that have the truth. We're the ones that's living God's way. The designer, the creator of the universe, the one that says, let there be light. And there was light. The one who said, let light shine on the darkness and made his light shine in our hearts. Give us Jesus and everything. It's not a fable. 
It's not a myth. It is the truth that God loves us loves you, has a plan for your life, and wants the very best for you. And what he wants is each and every one of us to enter into a vibrant relationship with him, that he's our friend that sticks closer to our brother. He walks with us every day. And the result of having his, him in our lives is we can't help but let the light shine out. So some of us, we hide the light. And then others of us, we just take our light and we hide it under a bushel and we don't end up by being the light to the world in what God intended us to be in the first place. Acts chapter 10 says this, turn me to another scripture and we can read from verse 34 together. In Acts chapter 10, Peter the apostle and it's writing here, Dr. Luke is writing the story here about what happened in the book of Acts. Verse 34, follow with me. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. God doesn't have favorites. In the way that we behave as people, we can't have favorites. Sucking up to rich people, despising homeless people and looking down on them. We can't do it. We must treat everyone the same. That's what God is teaching us here. But accepts everyone from every nation, no matter the color of our skin, no matter what our social background, God loves everyone. And we as believers here and in this house, we will be a house that reflects the glory of God. We accept everyone. We will receive everyone here. No racists in this house, is there? But accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ to his Lord of all. You know what has happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. I'm going to take verse 38 out of context a little. What the Bible teaches us is that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in, dwells in us. The same Holy Spirit. Some of you, you know, you, you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with, with, with fire as well and the baptism the, this year we're going to be opening the baptismal tank here again and baptizing people in the next couple of months in that great news in that great news we have the same power that Jesus had in our lives so let me reread verse 38 and put you into the context of it how God anointed you with the Holy Spirit and power and how you are empowered to go around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God is with you too. Do you get it? 
He goes on to say, we are all witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was seen by all the people, but by the witnesses God had already chosen, by us who ate and drink with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify. They testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That same power, that same light is in you. And that same light is in me. And if the same light that's in Jesus, if we just let it out of our hearts and let it out of our lives, it'll be a light to the world that will change everybody else too. And the reason I know and I can say that is because you're here. Think about it. The only reason you're here in church this morning is because somebody between this book of Acts and, and the, the scriptures that I've read in Acts 10 and before that is that they didn't let their light shine. And there is a spiritual family tree that you have. There is a spiritual family tree that is in your life of someone that came to faith in Christ and then they told somebody else and they told somebody else and they told somebody else. I thank God for my mother who led me to Jesus because she's my mum in the flesh but she's my mum in my spiritual family tree. Who led you to Christ? Who was the person that was on your journey of bringing you to Christ? The only reason you're here today is because they did this. They let their light shine. They didn't turn around and say, oh, I don't want you to think I'm a freak. They thought you were a freak anyway. But they thought you were a nice freak. They thought to themselves, right, he's a bit weird or she's a bit weird. I love the story of uh, Janet, you know, and, and how she's come to faith in Christ and Martin and other people. It's amazing how... All of us that are persecuted for what we believe, but yet if we let our light shine, there is something attractive in the life of the believer. And the reason I know it is because you're here. That you saw something attractive in the life of somebody else. And you started asking questions. And they might have done you a good turn, or they might have spoken to you, or said something to you. But eventually, you started asking yourself, what is it about this person that makes them different? Look, I'm just going to say it. One of the weirdest guys I know in the world is sat over there, Ian Morgan. Like, and the reason I can say that is by his self-confession. He will tell you that he's probably the weirdest person here in church. He goes, he goes and lives up on mountains for weeks on end in a tent. Is that weird? But you cannot have a conversation with Ian for the best part of, what, 10, 15 minutes before as you talk to Ian, it starts to light up as he talks about his love for Jesus and the fact that he was destined for hell. But Ian, praise the Lord, he saved you from hell and damnation and has made you a son of God. How cool is that? Okay, just me that's excited about that. Can we let our light shine? I don't know how long I've been preaching this morning. I don't know how long, long I'm going for this morning. But it's okay with you if I just go on for a minute. Okay, three things I want to share with you about the BLJ life. About the be like Jesus life. What does it look like? 
Well, the first thing it looks like is the answer is in the scripture. The answer is what did Jesus do? First thing Jesus did was he went around doing good. You know, there's t-shirts you can buy in the stores at the moment. My wife's got one. And it just has these words that's written on it with a little square box around it that says, be a nice human. <laughs> Have you seen those t-shirts? You know, I wish everybody would like buy one of those t-shirts sometimes. You know, the person with road rage in the car. The person that's having a bad day. Sometimes for us, those of you working customer service, how many here working customer service enough to, t to take telephone calls from people and everything else like that? Or those working at the complaints department and they come back. Have you noticed when somebody comes back to bring something back that's faulty, they've always got a chip on their shoulder. Why is that? The number of people that come back to you and are kind to you if you're in customer service, you could be in Greg's the Baker and somebody comes back and says, I actually had a Cornish pasty and it was in the Cornish pasty department. But when I take it home and I open it, it's actually beef and onion. I want it like a beef and onion pasty and it's in the wrong place. Can you give me a new one? You know, people will give you attitude if you work in Greg's, won't they? I'm saying that because Sharon over the other side there works in Greg's. You're thinking, well, when you just be nice to me, hey, Sharon, I'm not sure what happened, but like, I ordered steak and onion. I think maybe somebody put it in the wrong place. Could you swap this out for actually what I ordered? We can be a nice human, can't we? We can go around doing good. And we can let our light shine. So tomorrow morning, as we find ourselves driving our cars, and as we find ourselves doing life, this sermon is going to come back to haunt me, isn't it? Can we complain this way? instead of that way? Can we talk to people this way instead of that way? Can we let the light shine? Because do you know what? Some things in life are just small potatoes, aren't they? Aren't they? If you don't know what I'm on about, go and see Gail after. She'll tell you the story about small potatoes because life's not worth it. Or if you're listening online, go back and hear a message that Irwin was preaching on a couple of, the, a couple of weeks ago that um, she was talking about small potatoes. So principle number one of letting your life shine is go around doing good. Just be a nice human. Can we do that? Can we do that and be a nice human? Yes, we can. She's agreeing with me. The youngest person in the congregation is nodding this morning with me. So live a good life is the second thing that we've got to do. Being a nice human is about three things that I'll talk quickly. First of all, that we do the basics. Do the basics, the laws of God and the laws of community, that we live out the Ten Commandments, that we love our neighbor, and that we love God, and we don't steal, and we don't rob, and we don't lie, and we don't commit adultery. You don't That's like the very, very basic stuff. That is the laws of living together in community. People, be they of faith or no faith. We expect that of people. I don't expect you to rob me or to lie to me. That's just being a nice human. But what's required of us as Christians goes a stage further. We just can't do the basics. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to exemplify and live out the fruit of the Spirit. And boy, is this hard, isn't it? I mean, there's nine of them. Let me just talk about the first three. What are the first three? Love, joy, peace. How difficult is it to love, folks? To love the unlovely, that neighbor next door, oh, he's just always on your goal. Oh, we just got to smile and wave and become a Madagascar Christian. Can you do that? Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Whatever happens, that road rage driver, smile and wave. Yes, you pull in. 
you pull in. You, you, no, no, you come in. You, you want to pull out? Yes, you have it. That's someone who's queue jumping. Just step back and say, oh, do you want to jump the queue? You've always got to have a little challenge and a little niggle. You want to jump the queue? Step, go knock yourself out. <laughs> jump in in front of me. I'm cool. I'm the light of the world. See how they react to it when you turn around. They will apologize to you and say, oh, no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't queue jumping at all. They say, no, no, you go first, you go first. And you'll end up having an argument because they will react to the love that you are showing them. They say, no, you go first, you go first, you go first, you go first. It's nuts. If we show love to people, it works. Try it with the next queue jumper. Say, come right in. Come right in before me. And watch it happen. It's amazing. But it's hard. It's hard because I'm in a hurry too. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, be happy. If we can't be happy knowing that we're destined for heaven. Knowing that he's loved us and gave himself for us. For goodness sake, cheer up. Hey. If we can't be happy, who can be happy if we do not reflect the life of Jesus? And then finally, the other thing that's required upon us and incumbent upon us, those of you that come to Team Night here and those of you in Engage, etc., we love you because you have chosen, thirdly, to use your gifts to serve others in the world. That's the trick. If you can play piano, you play piano for Jesus. If you can play football, you play football for Jesus. If you can cut deals and make money, make money for Jesus. Give as the Lord has prospered you. If you can teach and you're awesome at teaching, then teach for the glory of God. Everything that we do, if you're at customer service, this is lovely, isn't it? Hey? If you're at customer service, if you're listening online, there's a baby sat at my feet that's come up here to the front. She's lovely. What's your name? Whose child is this? Oh, there's a random child that's just walked into church this morning and sat and sat at the feet of the apostles. No, not quite. Let your light shine. So, quickly, removing sin. Ten commandments basic. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc., etc. You know, we can't live a life of idolatry and discord and jealousy. All as talked about in Galatians 5. We must exercise life, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We must apply those to our lives. So first of all, go around doing good. Be a nice human. Secondly, as I close with these last two points quickly, your light should not be hidden. So Jesus didn't just, look at Acts 10, where he didn't just go around doing good. He preached. He ministered. He was salt and light to those around him. He used his gifts for the benefits of others. Your life should not be hidden. Proverbs 3, verse 27. I'll share these two scriptures. Very, very interesting scriptures. I shared this one. My readings over the last couple of weeks, I, I went through Proverbs 3, 27 and came across this. And if you follow me on Facebook and other social media stuff, I, sh I checked this one up because I stumbled across this verse. And I'm, I must have read the Bible 18, 20 times or around that in my life by now. But I saw this scripture and as I came to it, I thought, Wow, I've not noticed that before. Proverbs 3, verse 27 to 38 says this. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. When you are in a position to do good, do it. Do it. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give you when you already have it with you now. The verse that 
Andrea had shared a couple of weeks ago when she was preaching from uh, James 4 verse 17. If anyone then knows what good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. It's sin. You know, God speaks to you all in whispers. Follow his whispers. God puts on your hearts. Phone that person. Go and see that person. Drop them a text when you're thinking of them. Don't hide that in your heart. Drop them a text. This week, as you go your way, God puts someone in your heart, just drop them a text. Just say, hey, you're on my heart today. And I was thinking of you, so I said a prayer for you. And just let them know that you're praying for them. Just encourage one another in the Lord. Of course, it doesn't even cost to send a text now, because it's already in your mobile phone bundle, isn't it? Do not withhold good to anyone. Maybe buy someone a coffee this week. Maybe do some everything. As, as Over this uh, 40 days together, as we're doing 40 acts of kindness together as a church, follow us on social, as we'll be giving you something to do every day here as a church. Don't hide your light under a bushel or under a stand. Uh, under a bowl anymore and I'll finish with this and everyone said Amen never ever underestimate the power that's in the light do you love this light? it's great it really works great until I turn the power off and the power's gone you see the light that powers the light that's in our heart ain't no positive mental mental attitude this isn't, you know, us trying to come up with great ideas to make life better for everyone. It's not. The life that we live is the life that's been ordained and designed by God for us. You are shaped in His image. We were designed to be like this. The fall in the Garden of Eden messed at the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Garden of Eden, sorry, when Adam sinned, messed it all up. But thanks God, thank God for the Garden of Gethsemane where he tidied it all up through his son Jesus. Amen. And the light came into the world. And that light resides in us. Church, take this light that's powered by the divine power of God. The light that heals and touches lives men's broken hearts breaks the chains of drug addiction the life that sets people's lives free church can I encourage can I beg you please please this year let's not hide it let's get powered up and let's take Jesus the light of the world as he came into our lives as he came into our universe let's allow him to just spring forth in the intentionality of our hearts to go do good to those that are around us can we do it so I want to challenge you we can have the music playing in the background it can be all emotionally and your heart's going like this but Monday morning's coming Monday morning's coming when you've been in a hurry in your life trying to get the kids from school trying to get to the office working for that boss you don't like do it there it's easy on Sunday can you do it on Monday can you do it on Tuesday to let your light shine before men because as you do it see God do a miracle in your life see God do amazing things but God 
who said, let light shine out of darkness. Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So let your light shine before men so that men may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.